Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-host Ryan and Nick. Star Wars, nothing, nothing but, but Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> People are predictable, producer Ryan. I'm back, <laughs> and you can't keep me down. <laughs> can't keep them down. Star Wars month. Yeah, when I was watching this, I just kept on thinking, like, are we going to see Mala or even Lumpy? Like, when are we going to get the return of Lumpy back into Star Wars canon? When I was watching this, Tyler, I was thinking, do we have to do Star Wars Month every year? Yes. (laughs) We always have to do Star Wars Month. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's what makes it special. You got you got to look at some of the other good Star Wars stuff. There's a lot of good it's, Star it's, Wars stuff. It's like doing the there Kessel is. Run in fifty parsecs, fifteen parsecs. All right, fifty. <laughs> if you round down, it's, it's how it works. If you round down, it's like uh, yeah, it's a solid twelve. Uh, so, uh, by the way, I don't. That was the Kessel Run. I feel like it didn't last very long, and I didn't get a good clear picture of that it. That was like twelve parsecs. I because think. it was uh, yeah. uh, it was Shouts. edited. That's why. Yeah, it was poorly edited. Shout cinematography, Ron Howard. <laughs> all right. So we'll start off with a little bit of movie news this week. Uh, of course, the big one is just majority. Is it all or just majority of Warner Brother movies are coming straight to all. HBO Max? I read it. I basically read it as all 2021 releases yeah. from Warner Brothers are going right to fucking HBO Max. Is the Batman one of those? Uh, no, I did not see the Batman on there. So okay. I think that's still got some time because Robert Pattinson got COVID and they shut down for a little while. Yeah, maybe it's um, coming out yeah. in 2022. I, yeah, 2022. Yeah, so I, I knew. So, so let me ask you two young gentlemen, because I know exactly how I feel about this and I don't want to rant too much on Talking Flick. Uh, how do you feel about all Warner Brothers movies in 2021 simultaneously releasing on HBO Max, a streaming service that you're going to watch on your couch? I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I don't yeah care. dude, I'm so cool with it. Yeah, I'm. Because I don't cool like it, it at all. <laughs> so, how much is it going to cost, though? That's the question that I want to yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about. Yeah, you know? I have questions about that, too. But let, let me ask you this question before you get into it uh, and list them. How much would you pay? That's the question. Because Mulan was what forty bucks, right? I think it was forty. I'm already not paying for HBO Max, so. <laughs> <laughs> or is it just free for subscribers? If it was free for subscribers, that'd be fine. Like if they're gonna, I almost think that's worse. <laughs> and then, how are these movies making money? That's the other question. Well, just advertisers, yeah, advertisement subscribers. So, <laughs> I guess I will say now that I'm more into HBO Max, the interface is good, so I do appreciate that. It is clean, uh, similar to Disney plus both of those are my probably two favorites now um but this is devastating for people who like going to the movies and i am definitely one of those people i do not like this and i'm super scared i feel bad for everybody who owns movie theater operates works in one Mm. and i don't know what this means for the future of you know cinema going i mean that's been a dying business for a little while you know (laughs) they're they're about to become the next blockbuster so I don't think that they're going to be completely out of business. I still feel like there's a reason to go to the movie theaters because there's something that you don't get from a home experience. And I know that people would want to have that when they go out and make a make a night of it, like going out on a date or or bring. I can speak from personal experience, producer Ryan, uh, because I've only seen one since the pandemic. I saw Tenant, if you recall, I brought it up on the podcast before. And if I saw that at home, I would have said that's Chris Nolan's worst movie, probably. But I saw it in the theater. So I was entertained and I was like, all right, it's it's fine. It's a little bit better than Dunkirk, maybe. Um, there is a huge difference for a blockbusters, especially something like Avengers Endgame or Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Like these movies are it's super limiting if you watch them on your couch. I don't care how big your TV is, how good your sound system is versus being in the theater. It's also escapism for us busy folks that go to the theater, shut their phone off for a couple hours. Uh, it's nice. And I feel like if we lose that, it's a huge part of American culture that we're losing. Here. I would say good movies are good movies, regardless of how big of the screen it is. You're A good movie will capture you if regardless if you're watching on the you're right, on TV or Tell me, Tyler, screen. when Captain America catches Thor's hammer, if you're watching that on your couch versus in a theater, when everybody else is like, <gasps> it's a, is there a difference there? There just is. I guess. And it would still be an uh, moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think it would be as well. But I do feel that, okay, 
okay, if you had a pool table at your house, like it's a different feeling from going to like a pool hall and playing with friends. Yeah, no smoking in my house. Yeah, or if you if you had a hookah <laughs> or if even at a coffee shop, like you can have coffee. I make at, better Turkish coffee than most hookah places, so that one's debatable. Well, I, I'm just saying <laughs> you could have a coffee a machine inside your home and drink coffee and be like, oh, but it's a different feeling of actually going to the coffee shop and sitting there and relaxing. It's it's all about the experience, and I still think I, that even if I they disagree. bring it, well, no, I'm saying I'm I'm on your side, Nick. Even if they yeah. bring it to the uh, the home, like you know, on streaming services, there's still a reason to go out to the movie theaters if you're going to make a night of it. If you want that experience, never, never forget. We've talked about this a little bit on the pod, and and I know sometimes people get bored when I break down the numbers. I try to give you the budget most of the time and tell you how much it needed to make to break even. Solo lost money, and I'll point that out later. Um, this, this also impacts how movies are made, right? Maybe budgets shrink because they can't make as much money in the box office, at least here in America overseas, because they handled the pandemic generally better. Uh, they're doing better overseas in terms of box office. More people are going to the movies. It's a little bit safer now that that's tapering off as we get into the fall season. Um, but we are causing a huge rift in the cinema market by failing to deal with this pandemic. And I think like, this is something that uh, breaks my heart, you know, I've, and I really do feel bad for these movie theater owners and I feel bad for my own experience. I've been going to the movies. I was cutting school at 15 to go to the movies. Uh, so I've been doing this for a long time as a cinephile. And if, you know, something like Mank, the new David Fincher movie comes out, goes to Netflix, I don't want to watch it on Netflix. I want to watch it in movie theater and I can't find a movie theater here in Vegas to watch it at. And that's heartbreaking. I don't know, because like with me, with the bigger movies, I would definitely like to watch, you know, in theaters like your Avengers, you know, your Marvel, your big movies. But for a lot of them, I probably... Especially the big ones, I, right, Tyler? Just I only, mean, the, big, only the big ones, because really, if it's anything smaller than that, you know, I don't mind watching it. And I would probably have a higher chance of watching something like an adult drama that, on you, a streaming. Would you, would you consider would you consider make a small one because look at the black and white nature of that movie and the cinematography and the music that's going on in the background that is a big one to me we both look at it a little different yeah it's an adult drama and i know that's not your thing but also um if i watch that at home and i turn the lights down and i try to crank up the sound system yeah i get sort of that moment in the theater with the darkness but it's not the same and maybe the doorbell rings or maybe my phone goes off or something and that's what i'm trying to avoid by going to the movie theater a couple hours of escapism and the directors are ask chris nolan he's designing his movies to be watched in a theater i promise he says that now now do you think that there's something that the movie theaters can do i know that we're putting a lot on like streaming services are making deals with all these uh different studios and stuff is there something that the movie theaters can do to bring up their business or to make more uh capital you can go tyler i, I don't <laughs> i don't have a response there yeah have, they're not gonna, well, we, we gonna bring to, that up they're, they're, they're gonna we, go out of we business, talked about so. it on a pod yeah we talked about it on the pod before is there a deal that could be made i don't know it doesn't seem like it um because how, how would that work yeah, out they're not just gonna give had, money uh, away to you had at, or you had the what was it james bond they were trying to sell that for like what 800 million and it's just like why would a streaming company like you know buy that for 800 million you know what I mean? When you can just but that's wait a good a example, right, Tyler? Give us the list before we break. But let me ask you this: as James Bond being the example, how much would you pay to watch that at home? I don't know. After seeing a review on Spectre, it's kind of like, well, you know what I mean? It's it's the, it's, it's 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 the last James Bond, or not even the last 50? James Bond movie. Let me throw out a number: fifty. No, for one not. time. Yeah, for one time. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, man. no. That's no. All right. about the Batman? The Batman? Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe fifty for the Batman. Really, right, Tyler? So yeah, maybe, maybe fifty. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, That's maybe. Crazy. I probably wouldn't, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. But for James Bond, where it's just like, what? This is the twenty-fifth in the franchise, and we've gotten so many Bond movies before, and it's just kind of like, would I really pay for that? It's like, no. Um, like for the bigger ones, like this is what's coming to HBO Max. Like we knew Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four was coming out because I think that was like and a I like couple that weeks call. ago. Yeah, it's sort of a call I agree with. Patty Jenkins was basically like, "Look, it's time for my movie to come out and people to see it." And for that, I agree. We even talked about like months and months ago. Um, you know, these movies can't all stack up against each other. So releasing a few to keep people happy and give people something to do during the pandemic is a good thing. But as it gets longer and more clear that we're going into twenty twenty one without a vaccine widely distributed. That's another six months of no revenue for movie theaters. So they either get bailed out or they close and then we build back. And how long does that take? Now, 
there was one thing that they did before. It was the movie pass and other theaters. They hopped on that AMC have their own thing. And uh, what is that? Regal has their own thing. Do you think yeah. that if they modify that it's a subscription service, essentially, just like how yeah. streaming services That's are probably a subscription the service. Is there something that they can modify with that model to See, allow more diverse movie pass That's isn't around anymore? Think- so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? the, movie, the movie pass was losing money for a long time. I think it started to taper off. Uh, or start to break even, I'm sorry, uh, as it got along there. But that's probably the answer, right? If Regal makes a deal with uh, the Bond movie and then releases it via their subscription service, they get revenue out of that. Hmm. So that's probably the answer. Yeah, I mean, even with Wonder Woman 1984, it's like that was on the shelf for a while because it got pushed back. Everyone kind of understands like, yeah, we're ready to watch this. But like Mortal Kombat's coming to HBO Max. I would watch that in streaming over in theaters <laughs> any day. Same with Godzilla. <laughs> give me, give us the list. Yeah. Give us a few same, of the big names. Same as Godzilla versus King Kong, The Conjuring, The Devil Made oh, Me God. Do It, Suicide Squad. I would love to watch at home. Dune and Matrix <laughs> Suicide 4. Suicide Squad's on that list. Yeah, huh? Suicide wow. Squad's on that list. Okay. So James Gunn, yeah, right? All yeah. of those I would not mind watching at home. Suicide Squad, sure, I would watch in theaters if it was just straight to theaters and same with dune godzilla but... versus uh king kong that's uh that's one you'd want to watch in a theater i mean those movies are mediocre but still you'd still want the theater do you really want to pay though? money for a mediocre <laughs> movie though it's kind of like you know uh i do it all the time you guys maybe watch a ton of mediocre ones <laughs> yeah but specifically uh, uh, like brightburn but, but here's the thing if you had the option to watch brightburn at home or at the movie theater you would have watched it at home no, I did have the option. I could have illegally streamed it, and I chose to go to the movie <laughs> yeah, theater never... and be the only one in there and watch yeah, that piece of crap. Yeah, but it's never that great. It's much easier to get it, of course, like on the actual streaming Actually, service. And I, I would disagree. Like There are some things like uh, Palm Springs or whatever, some indie movies and stuff that I do enjoy watching at home. I just started the, the Pete Davidson movie, uh, The King of Staten Island or whatever at mm-hmm. home, and some of those are fine, those, those hard indie adult dramas, as you say. But even something like Brightburn or smaller movies, I still find that if I go to the theater, I tend to give them a better rating than if I just watch some piece of crap at home. So, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't mind. Like with Matrix 4, I would not want to watch that in theaters as much, you know. What? Straight, You're out of your mind. To streaming, like, you would yeah, have would to go it. to the theater for that. <laughs> nah, you don't you have don't, to. Like, Nick, I, I agree with you with Godzilla versus King Kong. I'd probably want to watch that in the theaters. But with Matrix 4, I'd probably not want to watch that in the theaters. Yeah, I, I think hate that both of you. I always have. <laughs> I, could see, always. I could see the appeal with Godzilla versus King Kong, you know, because it's that monster movie. and you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The there's some grandeur like, to it. There's and, they're huge and the yeah. sound system all around you. I don't know. Matrix 4 is going to be huge set pieces believe me because <laughs> the, the fourth the fourth movie in a franchise is always the best one everyone knows that well, the, <laughs> skull. The, the third one got a 9.0 on the shawshank scale so oh, we yeah, can't that's forget right. that you're goddamn right <laughs> <laughs> all right uh do we have any other movie news that happened or is, is that it right there i think that's pretty much it so i think that's it i i just want to close by saying that you know i i do believe in the movie theater experience and i think they deserve a bailout yeah. how about i that? mean they're not they're not gonna go away they're not gonna go away they're still gonna be around for your big things but you know like which is some of that stuff like especially one woman 94 because we've been wanting it for so long it's like yeah just send it to streaming and it could be just this year that they do it you know they can lose so much money on it that it's like we're never gonna do it again because we're gonna lose that money if we keep on releasing our blockbusters with something like Watchmen that we both really watched and enjoyed and it was episodic and the Mandalorian which we'll probably talk about again at some point um if Justice League Zack Snyder's Justice League works as like an episodic thing whether it's four six whatever however many episodes would you want Wonder Woman to be like an hour-long series on HBO Max or Suicide Squad uh, Etc. Is that something that is that a direction we're headed? Uh, I wouldn't mind that if they did the little mini, if they at least explored that a little bit. I would still like you know mm-hmm. your two hour movies, and that's really about it. But if they did three or four episodes, yeah, sure, why not? I, I'm not gonna like the idea of this melding between TV show and movie, where it's just this gray. Yeah, um, I don't like, like that either. The idea of okay, instead of doing, it doesn't a, feel like it works so far. Yeah, like anyway, there's there's some things that I'd like it to be if it's gonna be one or the other. Other, but the idea of making like oh this is going to be a three-hour movie but you know what instead we're going to stretch this three-hour movie into seven one-hour episodes that right. seems a little too like too much uh in my I personal agree. Opinion. especially with big big properties you know it feels weird yeah, i think it depends like because if it's something where it's like your comedy I, I think it depends on the source material you know for some things you just can't do it but for other things i think it would flow a little bit better where you have so much story well anything well done right anything well done can be executed well but i mean 
mean, with like movies like Star Wars and stuff, so many of them are mediocre or worse. Um, you know, we got we just lucked out with the Mandalorian that it's all right. That's solid. I don't know. <laughs> Solo Solo wasn't that bad. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> you know everything you've heard you... about me is true. Everything. <laughs> See, so that, that's one thing I wanted to say also is that so Star Wars fans, they hate new Star Wars movies. Can they call themselves Star Wars fans anymore? I don't think they're Star Wars fans anymore. If this is where the route that they're going, I think they're just like too nostalgia like heavy. I I, I don't know because I think there's so much Star Wars out there. It's not just, you know, the trilogy, the original, the prequel and the new one because you have like the TV series now, you've got the books, you got the comic books. I agree. So, I agree. But if if the, I think that confuses what's canon and what's not, by the way, I, I kind of no, resent that I have to go back and I watch a bunch of Clone I don't War think episodes. so at all. Like because like when when, of course, the new trilogy kicked off, you know, a lot of the older Star Wars stuff was turned into legends, you know. And so it was really only like the Clone Wars, Rebels, and then, of course, the prequels, the original trilogy, and now the sequels are technically canon. And plus with like with that original stuff that's now legends, there was so much out there that your chances of reading them or actually coming across them are like very slim. So All it's right, like so they might me, as well not me, have existed. Let me ask this question, Tyler, then. If that's the case, OK, and I don't mess. I get why they do that. We know the middle part of Star Wars with the Skywalker saga is so important, right? That's what we all are nostalgic for, at least my age is, um, people older than me also. So if you have to avoid that because keep continually revisiting that uh, is a recipe for failure, apparently. Do you want to go way, way back or do you want to go way, way forward? And what is your what is the future of Star Wars? Hold? To the sides. Expand on those to other characters. Sides. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you've got yeah. a lot of different characters that you could explore and even just kind of insert into it. And they... But by, by doing that, what you do is every once in a while you're watching The Mandalorian and you're like, how come the Jedi Luke Skywalker isn't showing up here? I guess. I mean, who's really doing that, though? I don't watch The Mandalorian. I am. Why? <laughs> why? Because he's, he's a fucking Jedi. Why would you be watching The Mandalorian thinking when is Skywalker going to show up when you know his whole story? He should stories? be training Leia, and he should be in the background coming so to save Mando. See, okay. See, uh, oh, so this, is, this is what I want to go about. When the emotion that is invoked with you when anyone brings up Star Wars is hatred for the new stuff and nostalgia for the old stuff that's something i don't like you can't because be stuck the old in the stuff past. was good and the new stuff is not but you it's can't not that hard. be stuck in the past <laughs> like that you're the one that wanted absolutely you can yeah that was in uh one of your favorite ones Last Jedi. Uh, Last yeah, Jedi. I and i still feel like this one took a uh, solo took a lot more like a lot of the same like leaps and bounds as uh, last jedi did but people pan this and hate this one and i don't see all the hate in there uh like look i really have it bad for the falcon you know that's just the way i am i'm already going a, a, a little bit into my reaction but honestly i didn't think it was that bad i don't understand why everyone yeah. hates this movie i had a feeling you knuckleheads would like this one yeah I don't know. like like is a strong word but i i think same thing where maybe it's just expectation because for so long you're just like this is the worst one this is the worst one then you watch it you're just like you know what it's not like that that bad it's not in any means, yeah. would say like rewatchable or as good as some of the other stuff. But kind of back to that, it's just like you shouldn't watch every Star Wars movie and just be like, when's Luke Skywalker going to get here? When the Skywalker's <laughs> going to get here? Because, you know, there's more to that story. It, there's so much back lore with Star Wars that not everything has to revolve around the Skywalker. Technically, technically, I blame you, Nick, for making me like the movie as much as I did because You're probably right about you that, tempered yeah. my <laughs> expectations to be like, oh, this is going to be trash. It's going to be two hours of complete right. hot yeah. garbage. But you know what? I appreciate that you listen to me and trust my judgment yeah, <laughs> I do. I, here's what i would say though we brought this up before i think last year on star wars month what happens with star wars is and mando i think is getting it somewhat right is that like lord of the rings there are all these sort of side quests and journeys and all this lore in the background that you could do star wars does not uh visit those effectively they don't put the time in to get the scripts right they often rush these movies out as you'll find with solo they fire directors there's all sort of rehashing kathleen kennedy does not run this thing very well so we're as something like lord of the rings i would say yeah explore the side explore other uh you know areas of that sort of world in star wars i don't really trust them to do that because no one's done it well with the exception to a certain extent of the mandalorian that might be the first um repositioning of it going in the right direction but all these other films are sort of like you can see the choppiness you can see the rewrites you can see the sort of fly by the seat of your pants as they make it 
just to get it out, just to make money. Because remember, they purchased it from Lucasfilm and they rushed to make all that money back, which they did. Now they're slowing down. Maybe they're getting it right. I'm not so sure. I hope they stay in the right direction as Mandalorian. But that's a problem for me. I don't trust them to explore these side uh, universes of Star Wars because so far they really haven't done a great job of that, certainly in the movie parts. Well, look at it this way. There's nine movies around like the Skywalker trilogy, you know, the Skywalkers, right? Yeah, and no, then okay, there's, moving off of and that. then there's really only am. there's only two movies that express like the side stories. So you're, you've and got neither that. one of those I like very much. Well, I'm not a huge Rogue One. But that's guy. the thing you got the you got those two, and then you've got and, the and nine. By the way, Anakin does show up, and he's the best part of that movie. So shouts. So <laughs> so it's kind of like you got the nine, and then how many of the nine do you actually really like? And it's like okay, Empire, New Hope. All right, that's about I it. Like, you know, I like just, five. You know? I, I honestly like five. And so, <laughs> so it's kind of like you've only they've only gave it those two attempts to explore outside of it. And of course, Solo is just it, Solo is weird. And even just kind of watching it too, it's like you know the whole thing with the dice. It, Why do yeah, they keep you know on what? going back to the dice? And <laughs> I get it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's awkward. That's yeah. that's my word and, for this movie. Really, and it's watch, awkward. yeah. Because watching this, it's kind of like okay, this feels like Ron Howard. Because I I I like Star Wars and I like all the side stuff because I think it I like made Ron really Howard. You you hit and, me up off pod and you were like hey this is your buddy ron howard you're right there's a lot of ron howard movies i love after da vinci code he lost his mind but you know he's <laughs> he's a good seasoned director yeah, but he's, he look at he cleaned it up enough that it's watchable but i would have liked to see the chris uh and phil lord movie yeah that, i kind of want to see that that one. would have been interesting <laughs> but same with like this movie it does feel like you know this is kind of someone's interpretation of what fans of the star wars yes. trilogy it's would really like or would like, yeah. put it through the laundry machine it's, it's kind of pandered but but that's that's yeah. one of the things that I wanted to get at. So everyone keeps on saying that, oh, this movie was such a cash grab and stuff like that. You guys wanted well, this. Well, lost money. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah like you, you guys, they, they, the Star Wars fans, they wanted it. They wanted a story about Han Solo. So that's what they gave them. Okay, like, that's okay. the question, though. Producer Ryan, I don't remember. You say that I'm always looking for Luke Skywalker. I don't remember anybody really coming to me when I would talk about Star Wars or review a Star Wars movie and say, you know what I need? I need a solo backstory, a prequel to the Han Solo story. Who the fuck ever said that? Maybe, I don't remember anybody ever saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% certain that people have said that because like there was this air of mystery around him and stuff and he's so cool. Like for some people, he was one of their, their favorite characters. So they were like, why not give him a movie? Why not give him a movie about that's all him? Like I'm he's certain- not a Jedi. What's the lore behind Han Solo? Other than he's like the coolest character but doesn't there. That, doesn't he's that make him interesting? Guy. Doesn't that make him interesting in the know. world of Star Wars? That he's not I, you know a what Jedi, I would say? If they had the story, strive? they should have gone ahead and done it, but they did not have the story. Like everything else in Kathleen Kennedy's stead, this was sort of thrown together. Um, you know, and I'm get tired of that. Rogue One fired a director, and so did Solo, and that's messy. And that means you're running the franchise messy, and you should. Star Wars deserves better than that. Uh, one thing that I have to say is this: there's so many people that are like, "How does the Force work?" or like this or that or all these all these different things or these theories about Star it's Wars. Finn when he says, "I feel it," <laughs> I, like I'm a hundred percent certain that there were people out there that were like, "Oh man." I would have loved to see how the Kessel Run happened, or I would love to see how Han and Chewie got together. I want together. a TED Talks on Metachlorians. That's all I want. That'll solve it. I, I'm just saying <laughs> that I know that there are people that wanted this, and that's what the studios gave them. They were like, you want a, a movie about uh, Han Solo? You want to know how he met up with Chewie? You want to know what the Kessel Run is? Here it is. And well, then people, like they had the story in their mind. It's like, this is not what I wanted. This is not what I thought it was going to be. This movie expect- Right. <laughs> let me let me point out to you, producer Ryan, because we got to get into the numbers. I'm going to give you the numbers and prove why you're wrong here. <laughs> All right. So Solo came out in 2018 and it had a budget because, again, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller came in. Tyler will get into the specifics there a little bit and got fired. So there was a debate over how much money they spent and how much footage was shot. Uh, before they turned it over to Ron Howard and a different team. So the budget is an inflated $275 million. So it needed to make around 550 to 600 to break even. It made 213 US, 179 international. So of the modern Star Wars movies, that's way below anything else, including Rogue One, for a total of 392. So it lost upwards of $200 million for the studio. And that's why you don't see sequels. That's why it's pretty much panned overall in terms of success in the Star Wars movie years. Uh, verse. It kind of shifted what they were doing with these side story films and maybe helped uh, Catalyst uh, get us The Mandalorian on Disney streaming. 
Um, it's got a 62, uh, 69% critic score and a 64% audience score. Also, some of the lowest of all the Star Wars films. So those are the numbers. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Uh... Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. So what I'm telling you, producer Ryan, is that basically people didn't like this movie. And if they were clamoring for it, they certainly didn't come back and watch it a second or a third time. And it did not even break even. But what I did learn was how Han Solo got his cool outfit. Okay. This is just yeah. a whole movie about how he got his outfit. And, and I remember- Ross like, Coronado? Yeah. <laughs> so, and even watching it too, like when they when they they keep on zooming on the dice because it always goes back to the dice. Hey, does he have dice? And, does he have dice? I forget. Does Han Solo have dice? I can't remember. I don't remember ever like anybody really paying- you know, It's always anybody, a girl, isn't yeah, it? Did anybody I mean, ever lovely, really care about the dice? But it's always a girl. Yeah. I, I didn't- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember anybody- lazy. It's lazy. And even kind of like with, you know, like the, the newer stuff too as well. Like they, they mention or they show the dice. They don't really- you know talk about it as much because they show it, what like in the last jedi and i think that's really about it right but and it's effective i would argue that there, some of the good parts of the last jedi maybe it's just nostalgia talking but i like some of that stuff it's communication between leia luke and han the old crew passing the torch there's some stuff there that's effective in this movie it's in your face it's awkward it's unnecessary and i don't even hate the cast here there's a lot of good people in this movie but the mo- a whole movie is just off. It just feels off. Yeah. Even the opening is off. Because I think it's it's reported like with Chris Miller and Phil Lord where, you know, the guys from the Lego movie and uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 as well, that they had shot, they had did about around 80% of the movie when they got fired. I heard that too. And we so, don't exactly know what's wow. true, but you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. 150 so, maybe in the bag. Yeah. So when from, when from looking at it, it was either around like some said 75%, around 80. So kind of around there, it was already pretty much almost Which done. Which is crazy and, to turn the switch switch off at that but time. I guess like the entire time there was just all this you know there is a lot of kind of tension going around between some of the writers and Chris and Phil Lord and I think even one of their writers that they brought on because they kept on trying to do too much improv so every it's time it's the Kazan brothers by the way it's actually Lawrence Kazan who wrote our favorite my favorite Star Wars Empire Strikes Back um, and his son Jonathan Kasdan and even they're complaining because like we had a story and it got put through the car yeah. wash and so because they kept on like doing the improv they kept on kind of you know going off from the main storyline and trying to improv you know, but even with their you actors. hired those guys. Yeah, exactly. Again, that's Kathleen Kennedy, this is what this is your responsibility, right? Yeah, and so pretty much like what happened, it kept on like pushing it further along, and of course the budget balloons up. And so when Ron Howard came in, he like reshot I think around seventy percent of the movie, and there oh was this goodness. kind of dispute too as well, like who should get the directing credit, you know, directing credits because like I think with the was it the film acting guild or whatever it is, <laughs> I think it's from Team America. Well, we, we know because there's not a ton of slapstick in here. But, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's not slapstick sticky yeah. in here so you wonder you like can, you, i think ron howard won the day basically you, you can kind of tell like already like you know what was probably already chris miller and phil lord like with the dialogue and that's like one of my complaints with this is sometimes the dialogue it's too much exposition on star wars stuff because they keep on making those yeah. weird references or those weird analogies and everyone's just like awkwardly like, yeah. awkwardly mind you and yeah. so but with with this movie with or they ron just Howard tell day, you last jedi does the same thing where the, i used to i was complaining the first time i saw last jedi not to bring that movie back up where they say kill the past uh kill it if you are let the past die kill it if you have to it's so in your face and here 
there's so much of it that's in your face. He's like, don't trust anyone. Um, you know, like the the stupid uh, Beckett character is fucking like right in your face. The the Paul Bettany character is right in your face. They're spelling out the plot points with mediocre dialogue instead of organically getting you there. And that is, you know, Han Solo deserves better than that. Well, well, you, talk, I, I, you got you got some robot <laughs> love in there, too. Yeah. I actually kind of like that. Yeah. I sort of like that. I thought by that the way, cool. that's John Favreau as uh, the little robot guy there. I forget his name. Al uh, Who dies. No, no. That's Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's a brilliant British uh, writer-director. Um, but um, it's Rio Durant as John Favreau. He's the kind of multi-armed alien oh, guy. Oh, that dies. guy. Oh, okay. That's, and Favreau is the head of the Mandalorian. So, you know, that's kind of cool that they have sort of a family of people that are moving forward with some Star Wars success. But, but yeah, ultimately, it's all messy. Okay, in the end, I will say that the whole triple backstab thing, that was that was kind of... Again, what's with the double triple crosses? We're getting sick of those. Yeah, I, I, this is a heist movie. It's crime. <laughs> that yeah, and I that to, wasn't can necessary. I, can I bring this up? I don't want to dominate here, but I want to bring up this point that the train sequence isn't all that bad. And I remember listening to reviews when this movie first came out and writing in my first review when I reviewed this in 2018 that there had something there with the heist stuff. Why not make this a heist movie and just expand on that instead of have stuff and all this other movie? unnecessary stuff? Yeah, in there? it was a heist movie. No, I don't know. <laughs> they stole the thing and they got the thing. Yeah, and they that gave was the, the whole thing. point. The Kessel Run was a heist. One, one big, it could have been like Ocean's Eleven with Han Solo. One big heist to set up. That was the Kessel Run. <laughs> that was yeah, the whole it heist. Just, it just didn't work for me. It's just too messy for me. <laughs> I don't know, man. They're, like the things that you're complaining about, I feel like they address those, but you're just not satisfied with their answer yeah, and i give it to them I, I give That's it to fair. them which came out first rogue one or this one uh rogue one came rogue out one. first rogue one so i i still feel like they was trying to figure out how they're going to deal with that balance of how much they're going to give to the fans and how much they're going to make original but producer ryan this is star wars take your time and figure it out before you put a mediocre movie out is my response yeah. that's uh, why last that's Skywalker why or whatever that was called <laughs> that's Rise, why they did Skywalker. there you go they, but you have to <laughs> give it to them that they took a chance with the ancillary characters with the spinoff they wanted they didn't want to muck up the main how about, line how about yada 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 han solo in the imperial academy it would have been cool to see han solo in boot camp or something yeah they just move but past. that's not han solo though they like they don't want to see him like become the soldier han solo is anymore after this <laughs> uh, he's, <laughs> he's a, a smuggler he's a good still. guy he's a good Handsome guy fella. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i, I like this new character, this new actor. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but uh, like, Alden Eckenright. Yeah, Eckenright. Okay, yeah, forgive go. me, but I know everyone loves Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford is Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, but I still feel that he was playing true to the character that he feel fit. That he's still smug and he's still trying to be the sly debonair. Uh, uh, I disagree. I disagree, and I want to say that uh, Alden uh, Aaron Wright, uh, Al who I'm trying to think, I've liked him in a couple of things. He was in the Coen Brothers movie that i enjoyed hail caesar or something like that he's very good in that um but he doesn't he doesn't do a bad job uh, ironically like i'm very offended that they would recast the harrison ford han solo iconic part but this kid does all right the problem is his character isn't washed out is he a good guy is he a bad guy han solo sort of lives in the in-between universe but this movie doesn't effectively show that they sort of just spell it out um Amelia Clark is like, I'm the only one who knows what you are, which is a good guy. Um, they're just spelling it out for you instead of getting you organically there. And I think that's a problem of the script writing and the messy production. So you would prefer a 70-year-old Harrison Ford in this movie? No, I would prefer <laughs> this movie not to be made at all. <laughs> and and you know what, Nick? I'm not trying to defend it that it's an amazing movie. I don't think it's an amazing movie, but I think it's an average movie. Like all the things that people yeah, complain. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I, would I would tell you it's average. My review says it was average, yeah. but Star Wars deserves better than average. Which is my counterpoint. <laughs> That's, but at the same time, it was a side story thing. They wanted to try something new. And I have to give it to them that they're like, all right, we're going to try something new. We're not going to do the Luke Skywalker thing. We're going to branch off. And this is their uh, endeavor into that. But people seem to hate it. So, Tyler, you say that going outwards, spreading out, because people hated this, maybe we're not going to get all these different backstories on these different characters. 
characters or they won't take a big uh, theatrical release dive into some of these characters. And I kind of hate that. I kind of hate that people are so narrowed in and no, uh, Han Solo needs to be like this, that now we're not going to get that opportunity to see all these side characters in a big theatrical release. Possibly. Yeah, this this definitely killed kind of them branching out a little bit more, at least like with the movies. But we did get where they're starting to branch out more into like, you know, the TV series with the Mandalorian. And even, of course, with the Obi-Wan series that will eventually be getting probably like in 2022 or even 2023. But, I hope that's good. And I do. Yeah, I because yeah, they're trying to branch too. out. I think it's <laughs> I think with like the whole Disney Star Wars thing, like they just kind of decided to branch out on the wrong thing. Now, of course, I like kind of, you know, when I they started to branch out, I like that they were trying to start to branch out like with Rogue One, when they're trying to look at the Death Star plans, you know, this that little mini adventure, that pocket right. adventure. Consi- consider this, this Tyler. Consider this. You say do these side stories, okay? And maybe you're right about that. But if you do a side story on Han Solo, no matter what you do, that ultimately leads to Luke Skywalker, right? If you do it on Bubba Fett and the Mandalorian, okay, that's an offshoot that doesn't necessarily point directly at the Skywalkers. That's a better choice than focusing on one of the main characters of the original trilogy, right? Yeah, and there's other things you could have done, like, you know, where you can stay away from the main trilogy. Even if you did like that, if they do that Obi-Wan series, you can do it without including any of the Skywalkers, you know? Right, because he dies in the New Hope. So, I mean, obviously, that's a cleaner line Yeah. got everything between three and four and then everything in between that of course luke skywalker is still a baby and still on tatooine and then you can have obi-wan go off on his own adventure on tatooine again kathleen kennedy what are you doing you showed us harrison ford is still alive in the force awakens he does a great job in that movie it's my favorite of the of the new prequel uh uh, trilogy series partly because of harrison ford's performance um even though not everything's earned and a lot of problems there but still (laughs) uh, so once you tell us that han solo survives all that there's a lot of time in there presumably time with leia time with Luke and stuff. So why do a prequel on a character that you're not going to be able to, re- unless you're going to recast Luke Skywalker and stuff, which you shouldn't do either. It's too messy. They just didn't think this stuff through. Yeah, and I can see that too because they branch out. And in this movie, I don't think is as bad as like everyone says it is, but I think it is. They took a big, I, they took a swing, they took a miss. Another interesting yeah, thing, they don't mention yeah. Jedi at all. They never mention it, and you can't really because it would go against canon. Because in A New Hope, you know Han Solo doesn't even believe that he doesn't Jedi believe ever he's, he's a non-believer. Yeah. yeah, but now Rogue One does mention it, and I think that having a mention of the uh, Jedi, uh, similar to the Mandalorian, is really cool in the background as a side piece. Like the the rumor that you're going to see a laser sword or a Jedi or some of this weird religion is interesting, but they couldn't do it in here. Why? Because they made a fucking movie about Han Solo when they shouldn't have, you know? Again, I just don't understand why they don't have like a big board and they plan this stuff out before they start filming. You know, it's kind of goofy. Well, the one thing with this movie like that I wish they would have like took more of a chance on was including more Darth Maul. You know, because you only get them just at that little yeah. bit. What the fuck's up with the bad yeah. guys? By the way, Paul <laughs> Bettany, you know how much I complain about Carl Weathers on The Mandalorian? Mando! Paul Bettany was supposed to be Michael K. Williams from Boardwalk Empire, who I love, but because he couldn't come back for 50 reshoots, they just called Paul Bettany for a day, one set piece, because he's always in that <laughs> fucking room, and he just doesn't know what movie he's in. He's like, oh, Han Solo, welcome into my lair. Have a drink. It doesn't make any fucking sense. What is that guy doing? What's up with his face? I don't understand that guy. He's an alien, Nick. Why are, right. why, are, why are droids everywhere? <laughs> it's lazy. What it is is lazy. And if you're a seasoned movie watcher, it comes across right there on the screen. He's yeah. an in-between man, all right? The big boss is Darth Maul. And when they revealed it... Beckett, it's great <laughs> to see you, my friend. <laughs> okay, I, I will say, I like... I'm not a crazy Star Wars fan, but I do know Darth Maul. And when they showed him, I was like, oh, shoot, Darth Maul is here? He's the big boss? That's crazy. That, and it that is written hard for those first shouts. Yeah, that he looked all right to me. But again, if you don't watch The Clone Wars, I know Tyler knew the backstory there. At the time I saw this movie, I didn't know shit about that. I didn't know he was still alive. Yeah, neither did that I. That was confusing and weird to me. Yeah, no, he's, he's still alive because he, he shows up in The Clone Wars and then he shows up in Rebels. And then that part is true where he starts kind of running this whole crime syndicate thing for a good Crimson little while. Dawn. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Just one of the syndicates. Like, I think it has, like, the pikes gotcha. and everything. And It's not well explained in this movie, though, right, Tyler? If you didn't watch those things, it is kind of wonky in this I thing. mean, you don't really need to know what they are already. Like, you know, you can just kind of go into a little blind. You just need to know that it's a weird Star Wars name thing and that they're probably part of the crime syndicate. But, yeah, but- that's the thing. It's like, this is a mischance with Darth Maul. Like, why not include him more into that? Yeah, he pulls it, out his saber for no reason. What's what's what did he turn the saber on? That, that, that was a threat. Yeah, yeah. that was a Here's an alpha. We know how long it is. We got it. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying though is, I like 
Uh, I went into this not knowing the backstory, and I will say that seeing Darth Maul, that it brought up a lot of questions, and it can go one of two ways. Definitely, it can go the route of like, oh, what the hell is he doing back? Or, whoa, he's back? Why is he back? And then it, it brings about this intrigue that could have been explored in like more like sequels or whatever, but because it got panned and uh, because people didn't like it, uh, we'll never know uh, Ryan, <laughs> unless we watch uh, uh, Clone Wars. <laughs> Ryan, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan. I can tell you everything about Darth Maul. Well, okay, you know what? The Clone I'll Wars. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know what, Tyler? I would rather sit down and listen to you tell me about Clone Wars than to watch... watch this movie again. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I agree with that. <laughs> I was going to say to watch The Last Jedi. <laughs> and it, it may it may shock you, Nick, but honestly, I think I like this more than The Last Jedi. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> the Last Jedi is kind of growing on me, to be honest with you and, and, and last year is not that bad but when you look at it in the whole of the trilogy like what it does in that trilogy to make it all weird i kind of like solo better than that it, we we talked about this last week so i just want to bring it up one more time where when they release too many movies like the crystal skull um does it you know does it sort of lessen the legacy of the original ones and you say separate them right every new property yeah. should have its own live in a bubble right it's too hard for me to do that the last like four star wars movies have tarnished the legacy for me i don't play with my legos quite as much <laughs> as i used to unfortunately and that's a bummer you know i hope it gets back on track and maybe john favreau is the guy to do that i guess the nice thing is that with that trilogy it's that's the most current right there you can still have fun with everything happens like before that or even kind of somewhere in between it too as well because it is weird that you know the empire falls and then not even like a generation later you've got the the new you know the Another first order one. yeah you got brand new people empire. coming out so. what's the point <laughs> yeah so it, it is weird and even with this movie too like it's it's not as bad as i thought it was gonna be you know it definitely could have been a lot better but i guess like the main question is like well you know and i don't think as many people were wanting a solo movie i think they were more you know hounding for like an obi-wan movie you know what i i do feel like watching this movie that they made it for uh for new people for new like new audiences like they have just enough in it to be like oh i remember that callback and stuff like that the initial making of the movie was to appease those fans of the original tri trilogy but i do think when they actually developed the movie and how it brought was brought about it was made for the new audiences yeah and i think that's something too where it's like it's like all the Hollywood studios, especially with this, you know, this fan lore stuff that they have with Star Wars, where everyone's going to geek out a little bit, where you have to walk that line where it's like, okay, how do we get the Knicks to like this movie? You know, who just want to keep on seeing the Skywalkers? And then uh, how do we get the Han Solo not give his fucking loot away? Because Han Solo would never fucking do that. And but then, all right. You know, how do we keep the Tylers happy by, you know, showing other characters or introducing former characters? Obvious. Yeah, That's obviously. Obvious. And then, you know, how do we make the Ryans happy by what's someone who's never really uh, seen as many Star Don't Wars make it movies? a movie because he doesn't watch movies obviously make it make it an hour shorter yeah, there you i go. got all the answers so it, it is that kind of you know that line that they walk like how do we get new audiences but keep the old audiences and keep everyone you know what the happy? answer is Tyler? here's the here's the truth of it all kathleen kennedy take your time don't try to release one movie a year like you were doing in the beginning if it takes three years to make a good movie and plan it out then that's what you do to find the right director to find the right story. That's what you do. Instead of rushing this out, trying to make Disney a bunch of money. Well, that's the key. She's on Mandalorian, <laughs> so you got to give her credit for that one. But you know what? John Favreau is what's saving that, I would I would think. And Nick, I will agree with you on that. I do feel that if you take time to develop a good story, then it would it, like it will show in the f uh, final product. But We talked about this a lot. Um, on the Lord of the Rings, you have maps, you have backstory. There's a ton of stuff on the internet. Where are the maps of the Star Wars universe? Rogue One has had the same problem where they always bounce around from planet to planet place to place you don't know where the fuck anything is you Nick, know why you hated well exegol <laughs> i did i hated it yeah they told you where it was at they even brought out a random place they even brought out a map just for you nick and you hated it a bunch of people in the stands who are those people you know what's going on there none of that yeah, stuff made you sense. know watching the star wars movie I, I don't think i ever thought man i wonder where they are in the galaxy right now like no i just think you know okay they're on tatooine they're on exegol they're on you know bring me what was that that Darth Maul was at Darth Amir, I think it was. So if you're trying to make the lore right, just like in uh, the sort of uh, Tolkien franchise, 
that's the thing, right? You want to know how close one planet is to another. What's their relationship to Tatooine? What's their relationship to Mustafar, the places that we really care about already that we know? And they never take the time to develop any of that stuff. And that's just lazy <laughs> and a money grab. It just is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I don't think this movie is as bad as everyone thinks it is. It's definitely kind of a nothing movie. It doesn't do too much for the franchise, like just in general. It doesn't expand on anything. Um, it's not as it's not fun. Like, it's just okay. Like, it's not as fun. Like, I wasn't having as much fun watching it, like, with the train heist. I did not like the car or the speed or chase scene in the beginning, like, at all. Um, there's some stuff. Forced. Yeah, there's there's some it stuff. It looked okay. It was shot okay, but it was a little Yeah, there's, there's some stuff in there, but it's just not enough to be like, yeah, I'm definitely going to jump back to this. Because normally when a Star Wars movie comes out, like, I'm always going to watch it, like, in theaters, like, as soon as it comes out. But with this... This is only I, the second time I've ever watched this, and that tells yeah, you everything you need to and know. And so <laughs> this is definitely where I did not go and jump out to the theaters and watch this. This is my first time watching it, just watching at home at Disney Plus. So I'm gonna give it a five and a half. I don't think eh, five and a half to six. I'd be I'd bend on it either way. You know, if you're a fan of Star Wars and you're just curious about it, I think it's fine just watching it. But it's definitely something that you know. I mean, you can make it non-canon, and it wouldn't really change anything. I think along with the trilogy, that's really about it. And I think it's a missed opportunity. Darth Maul. I would have loved to see more Darth Maul. Swing and a miss, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 2018, I gave this movie a 5.0. I said I had a, fad, a bad feeling about this film, and I was right. <laughs> uh, it's a 5.0. Maybe on the second watch, because the expectations have shifted after the other movies came out, a 5.5, maybe a little bit of room to grow. There are some things in here that are redeeming. The casting wasn't all that bad, but ultimately, this movie is lazy, not well thought out. And it doesn't produce um, any sort of uh, nostalgia for me to see a solo two or something like that. Everything about it is kind of awkward and wonky. And I think that um, it was good that they reset after the sort of box office failure of this film. So 5.0 on the Shawshank scale uh, stays, maybe a little bit of room to grow to 5.5. I saw Clint Howard, so I was like, all right, I'll bump it up a little bit. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right. For myself, to be completely honest, I think I'm going to give it the best score out of all three of us. I'm going to give it a six and a half, maybe a seven, just because (laughs) I've seen worse movies. I've seen seven. Yeah, six and a half to seven. Maybe it can grow. Maybe it'll stay. But I'm just saying that. That's because you've only seen six movies your whole life. (laughs) No, I don't have all of this nostalgia weighing on me. Like, oh, man, they did my my dog Han Solo dirty. (laughs) I don't care. I thought that it was an all right movie. Can't wait till they do a Dungeons and Dragons movie. (laughs) Yeah, they did. And it's terrible. (laughs) You know, and I'll still laugh at it. Like Marlon Wayans, he was great. He was hilarious. He crushed it. (laughs) But what I'm saying is, is that I don't think it was that bad i thought the action in it was was all right okay uh, but CG- Ryan, i just can i just point out one last time go for it, it it's not that bad is that what we want to be saying about a star wars movie it's what we, we say have now. been yeah we have been it's <laughs> like, getting exhausting yeah it's getting exhausting and uh, what, what is that the fast and the furious franchise they keep on pumping out movies and they're Come all on, right don't compare <laughs> fast and the furious to star wars i, I don't have any fucking fast and furious <laughs> legos i'm just not saying yet. I'm just, not yet anyway yeah. i'm just i'll take those as gift <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that it was okay for for what it was worth. I thought it was a fun ride. I sat down, I watched it, I I enjoyed it. I thought some of the jokes were funny and they hit well. The action scenes, the CG, the set pieces, they looked good for uh, some of the CG was pretty clean. Yeah. I didn't like Lady Proxima, but some of it wasn't too bad. Like okay, the the train scene, I thought it looked really right. cool, and I it, did like it that. Still gave any it. any Star Wars in the winter time. Would you guys agree to that? I love Star Wars in the winter time with snow and shit. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, it was it was a nice uh, atmosphere. But even like flying around in the Millennium Falcon, uh, that felt like Star Wars, like the idea of you got it bad for that ship, don't you? (laughs) But just just flying around like all the the effects, it ticked those boxes. The story could have been better. Yeah, but I still thought. It's all right. So I'm going to give it an a the six Kessel and a half. The Kessel Run was a disappointment seven. to me. There's <laughs> well, no doubt about that. That, that, that sequence was El, a disappointment. The L3 and, uh, and Lando, their relationship, I thought that was great. And Pretty I, cute. Like, I did. Yeah, I like, like in the beginning, I thought that the whole liberating the droids was, ah, he's kind of overdoing it. But it actually turned out really funny. And I, I, I enjoyed that. So. Some emotion, right? You got a little emotion yeah. there. Yeah. So uh, six and a half, I think that's fair. And, and anyone that says otherwise... Come and fight me. <laughs> I'll come fight you. I'll be there in, a, in an hour. All right. So next week, Nick's going to love this. We're going to do Rogue One, a Star Wars oh, story. Oh, man. Oh, back to back. Oh, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs>
oh man, we're blowing our load so quickly in Star yeah, Wars. I know, <laughs> I know. Well, Somebody you know, give me some lotion. The Star, Star Wars month is only so long, and you know, we might as well do the two side stories that they tried to do. You know, I'm gonna make you guys pay for this. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith, baby. That's fine. That's I love. Yeah, yeah, I like Revenge of the Sith. Don't, I've been wanting funny, to prequels. It's funny how Nick is like, you know what? I'm gonna suggest a good movie, and that'll make him suffer. No, I'm just gonna like it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to our next segment: recommendations. Anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend or don't want to recommend? I'll quickly recommend The Undoing. I started it weeks ago when it first came out on HBO and said it's not for me. And then I went back to it, binged it all. It's not bad. I like the Hugh Grant performance. I hope he wins an Emmy. So Mm -hmm. The Undoing on HBO. Uh, For me, I caught Deadpool 2. It was the first time that I saw it. And, you know, it was... First time. Yeah, (laughs) first time. (laughs) Don't that, audience. What's your Twitter (laughs) handle? (laughs) And and I thought it was funny, but it, it wasn't as good as the first one. So... Yeah, it, I it, it, it was okay. Like overall, I thought um, uh, Ryan Reynolds laid it on a little too thick because he was part. Josh he, Brolin, you didn't like Josh Brolin's performance as Cable? Oh, he was okay. He was okay. Yeah, it's all right. It, it's just like the the motivations behind what he was trying to do was, eh. um, and then also the whole ending sequence that was a thing. Uh, I don't little know. Little Terminator, <laughs> like little Terminator steel. Uh, I I still feel like why didn't he just go all the way back in time to save? Yeah. Um, Time travel, you always have those questions. (laughs) That's just the way it is. They made the choices. It was all right, but definitely I would rather watch Deadpool 1 over 2. I caught a Queen's Gambit over on Netflix. And yeah. Oh, did you watch the whole thing? Oh, yeah, I watched the whole It's only a lot uh, of mixed reviews on that. Does that one. make you want to play chess now? Oh, all the time, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually a... like chess. Bobby Fischer, Searching for Bobby Fischer is a great chess. Yeah, movie. so it's only seven episodes long. I think it's worth the watch. You don't have to binge. Okay. You don't have to binge. I wouldn't say. I almost clicked on that next. So, yeah, yeah I might get to like, that. I like Anna Taylor Johnson or Joy. I think Joy, yeah. Anna Taylor yeah. Joy. Yeah, yeah she's really Joy. good. Yeah, so I think, I think that one's worth the watch. But just don't binge watch it. I'd say maybe like every couple of days or something like that. Let it kind of sit for a while. But even if you do binge watch it, I think it's just as fine. All right, guys, where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice, you just want to complain or you just yell at me. Uh, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you download podcasts. If you want to send me death death threats or you want to say that my opinion is wrong, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at realwatchability.com. I will re-release my 2018 review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. And then uh, you can hit me up at Twitter, at Real Watch, taking the world by storm. We are ending season one of East to West with Nick and Rob, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking Flick. You can always follow us over on Twitter at Flick underscore talking. And if you really like us, you can leave a rating review, whatever podcast app you listen to. Going to Raiders. Of course, Apple. Beckett, welcome to my lair. Have a drink. <laughs> of course, Apple and Spotify are the big one. We also have Patreon where you can donate any amount of money and get access to other content. We'll take, uh, what's that fuel called that I've never heard of oh, in the Star Wars um, universe? Oh my God, I forgot about it too. <laughs> mm, it was yeah, like unfiltered, unfiltered Doesn't matter because we don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next week. Yeah. Have you ever tried to disinvite a Wookiee to anything? It's just not a good idea. <laughs> Another joke that did Morning not make Brown, me laugh. Morning yeah. Brown. I can't believe you guys made me watch five episodes oh, of that. Man, it was brain, we just like, turned it. into mush. It was, it, you loved it, didn't you? It was, it was. so great. My wife liked it too, actually. She enjoyed <laughs> it. Of course. Uh, Tyler, the, the one thing that I thought was hilarious was when you're talking about their clothes when they're getting ready for the day. <laughs> I really like our clothes. Yeah. Oh, I, I like when they put the mannequin in place of somebody yeah. when he's also in the oh, scene yeah. and then bring him back. Genius. Oh, they're, they're hilarious. Oh, man, they're so funny.